What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 79, and we just had one of the craziest beginnings of the week in recent memory for sports. You know, uh, thanks to the lockouts in the MLB, which uh, we're not that excited about, but it's over with. Mm-hmm. Um the offseason falls on the same day or resumes on the same day as uh, football stuff starts. So we've had a pretty jam-packed uh, couple of days here. We're going to talk about it all. Yeah. Uh, free agency, MLB, and NFL. Uh, no basketball this week except for March Madness, but no professional mm-hmm. basketball uh, except for maybe in the Mac Sports Player of the Week. Yeah. But without further ado... It's episode 79. Who is the one notable 79 that we can think of? Yeah, Jose Abreu, first baseman from the White Sox, MVP. Not a mm-hmm. lot of guys wear 79, or used to, even. Yeah. Uh, if I really wanted to, I probably could have found a, you know, Hall of Very Good guard or tackle from the last couple of years, but it's, it's Jose Abreu's episode. Yeah, well, we'll go with Jose Abreu for me as well. 2020 AL MVP. I know it was a Mickey Mouse season, but MVP is an MVP. Plaque's a plaque, man. Exactly. Now we get to the opener. My opener is going to be the A's getting a pretty good package back uh, Mm. for star first baseman medals. And it sucks to see him leave. uh, But when there's not that much good happening for me within this past week, uh, I decided to go with this because we got Christian Pache, Shay Langiers, uh, Ryan Kusick, and Joey Estes. A pretty good return for, for Medelson. We get their number one, number two, number six, and number 14 prospects back from the Braves. So a pretty good haul there. And then the second best thing I saw this week was Clay, Draymond, and Steph all playing together for the first time in 100, or not 100, 1,005 days. It's a lot of it's days. crazy. Uh, but the trio's back and I'm happy to see that. Yeah. Uh, with Matt Olson, I'm just happy to see, we got some guys who we're going to see in the near future rather than later, you know, guys who will be ready before 2027. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyways, the best thing I saw, well, I saw a lot of good things this week so far as a Jets fan. Uh, I'll pick one specifically signing Lake and Tomlinson the pro bowl guard from the 49ers three years, 40 million. Um, I'll get into the rest of it, but this Lake and Tomlinson signing, I think headlines, the kind of team they want to have just uh, tough in the trenches and they're going to pound the rock. This is the third best run blocking guard uh, from PFF uh, over the last couple of seasons. And I like it. The offensive line is almost complete. Yeah, O-line is a big need for sure. Uh, every football team needs that regardless of what level you are and especially in the NFL. Uh, getting to the Macklin Sports Player of the Week now, we're going to go with Cat. Uh, he dropped a franchise game record uh, for the Timberwolves with 60 points on Monday night, 17 rebounds and three assists, and they're 149-139 to 139 win against the San Antonio Spurs. An immaculate had, performance. Yeah, he had 32 of those points in the third quarter but Kyrie Irving is kind of making the case to take that immaculate sports player of the week right now he has 41 points at halftime by the time you guys are seeing this episode you're obviously going to know how many points Kyrie ended up with 41 Uh, 
<laughs> but those guys are going ham right now. Uh, and shout out to them. It seems like everybody in the NBA is, is scoring uh, 40 plus, 50 plus over these last few weeks. Let's get to team reports now. Skyler talked about it a little bit with the Jets. Uh, get into a bit more. And then I'll, I'll talk about the Raiders and a bit about the A's as well. All right, so we'll start it off with some of the guys who are coming back. Braxton Berrios, uh, it got a little scary there. We thought maybe he would test the waters, uh, go get maybe $9 million a year from the Patriots, but uh, we find out that's total BS. He's coming back for two years, $12 million. And uh, Tevin Coleman uh, was a spark plug, third down back for us, one healthy, coming back for one year, $1.5 million. Yeah, not bad. Three, three more big guys uh, to talk about here. We'll start with the offensive player, CJ Uzama, the tight end from the Cincinnati Bengals, coming to the Jets, three years, 24 million, coming off a career year, um, just played in the Super Bowl, and his buddies with our guy Ron Middleton, the tight ends coach. So uh, I feel like that's a great fit. I'll give my my spiel after I'm done with these next couple of players for the overall. Uh, DJ Reed, corner from Seattle, um, another guy who's who's in the fit of our defensive scheme. He played with Robert Sala a couple years ago in San Francisco, three years, 33 million. Um, another guy who, you know, he can actually tackle. He plays in his own scheme last year. We couldn't tackle anybody. That's why everybody ran for 200 yards on us. So that's good. And to improve that even more, Jordan Whitehead, the Tampa Bay safety coming in two years, 14 and a half million, an absolute thumper. And, uh, Pretty much the definition of a secure tackler. Uh, I just I, I love what uh, what Douglas and and Robert Sala have done these past couple of days because they understand you know we're not one piece away. You know you don't need to go dumping your money in on one guy trading for an Amari Cooper. Um, all these guys are at a great value. All these guys are going to dramatically improve the team, and I like it. Uh, one more note, Marcus May, who uh, we didn't re-sign in the offseason, turned out uh, he had a DUI. Sorry, this is so this is last season. This is we franchise tagged him. We didn't give him the extension. We found out he had a DUI and he tore his Achilles. Uh, so obviously right now his market's not too hot. It's looking like he could be coming back for one year at a very discounted price, which I would be down for. So uh, and it, it just sets it up so you know, getting these needs at a reasonable price, uh, going into the draft with so many picks, we could go after best player available instead of need. And that's, uh, what I like to preach a lot. I don't like having needs going into the draft because then you start reaching. And that is the off season so far for the jets. Yeah. That's an A grade for me. On to the Raiders off season. <laughs> and now let's get to the A's, uh, off season because the All Raiders right. haven't done jack shit. Uh, so we traded Chris Bassett. We got JT Jin and Adam Oler, uh, two relief or not relief pitchers, two minor league pitchers back from the New York Mets. Not a bad return there. Uh, obviously talked about the Olsen trade a little bit earlier. Manaya, Montas, Chapman, those guys have not been moved yet. Murphy also being a guy that we might move as well. Uh, the belief for those those guys, though, uh, White Sox twins are possible fits for Montas and Manaya. They're both looking for starting pitcher pitching there. The Phillies are really the one team I've heard from with Matthew Chapman or Matt Chapman. I don't know why I said Matthew. Uh, it's a formal. 
And then Sean Murphy, I don't really know quite yet. I don't really think there's any former formal offers with him. Whoever's willing to give up their number one prospect, right? But I mean, if guys are, yeah, if we can get a good return back uh, and, and develop Shea into what Murphy is now, then I think we're going to be sitting pretty uh, when it comes to that aspect. Uh, but baseball's back and we're it's happy. It's always sad, that. you know, with the, uh, I'm sorry for, for cutting mm-hmm. you off, but before we move on, I just, I have to say it, you know, this kind of thing happens every four years with the ace. It's very sad, but I'm kind of relieved that uh, we're getting it rolling now before it's too late. And we're just in no man's land. We're getting good prospects back for our guys. And I'm excited for the future. Yeah. Same. Uh, I, I am completely okay with a bit of a rebuild. Ticket prices are going to be a bit cheaper. Uh, so we'll be going to some $4 A's games. That's for sure. Yes, sir. Let's get into where's your head at now. And uh, I told Skyler before the show that I'm yeah. going to have a surprise question for him. That surprise question is, where's Deshaun Watson going? You know what? I really think he's going to the Browns right now. Um, I I see some of the little moves they make, you know, like uh, cutting J.C. Treader. Maybe they can draft a center They're, They have the 13th overall pick. Maybe that's Tyler Linderbaum. They could get him for cheaper and Watson would be down with it. Um, I, I just feel like some of these NFC teams are just in too much of, of cap hell to like, if they actually got a decent package over to Houston, Deshaun Watson would have nothing to play with. So I, I like Cleveland right now. Yeah. Uh, I would prefer an NFC team. Cause I obviously don't yeah. want another <laughs> great AFC or quarterback to stay in the AFC. I mean, Deshaun Watson is technically in the AFC right now, but he really isn't because he's not playing. Uh, but just go to an NFC North team or something like that, man. Literally three of those teams are barking for, for Deshaun right now to the Texans. Uh, and that's the Falcons, the Panthers and the Saints. Obviously TB 12 is back. We'll talk more about that uh, in halftime, but just don't, don't, don't go <laughs> to an AFC team, please. Okay. On to our position rankings. We've been doing this for pretty much forever now. Uh, we're on to the defensive side of the ball now with the D tackles and defensive ends. We're going to do five D tackles and then seven defensive ends. Uh, so who is your fifth best defensive tackle in the league? All right. Uh, I'll go with DeForest Buckner at number five. A uh, pretty good hybrid in between pass rushing, run stopping. And he's tall. Um, I went with Fletcher Cox at five. Right. He's been around forever. Uh, so kind of just like Jason Kelsey last, last week, I uh, got to give a guy that's been there for five, six, seven years at this point. Uh, some, some Brownie. Okay. Points. Okay. Next up at number four, number four, I went with a completely different strategy here with Jeffrey Simmons. Um, this guy missed his entire rookie year. Big question mark, but did not disappoint this year. Just an absolute monster rushing the passer up the middle. I went with Vita Bay at four. Uh, you'll see what I did with Jeffrey Simmons because I saw him as an as more okay, of an end. Okay. Uh, so he That's is fair. in a different spot for me. Uh, Vita Bay, big rush defensive guy, uh, and is obviously a big, big body uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's get on to number three now. Number three, I have Chris Jones. This is another guy I kind of, you know, in my head had him as a an end, but where I was looking, they listed him as a tackle. So, you know, another guy and an upgraded version of Jeffrey Simmons, you could say a pass rusher from the inside. 
I went with DeForest Buckner at three. Uh, guy's a stud. Uh, obviously watched him a lot when he was on the Niners uh, for a few years. And, I mean, the Colts don't really get as much media attention, so it's kind of tough to watch him over there. But he he's a problem. He, he's definitely tough to deal against. Uh, and uh, that's why I have him at number three for, for me. Now on to number two, and then we'll get to Aaron Donald at number yeah. one. Yeah, number two, I have Vita Vea at the spot just because uh, I feel like at his size – it's you have to worry about him every single snap, no matter what, 24-7. And I'm not trying to knock some of the other guys, but the other guys don't weigh 360 pounds and move like he does. I went with Chris Jones at number two. He watched a lot of Raider games against the Chiefs and just watched them, the Chiefs in general. This guy makes an impact in every single game that he's playing in, whether it is passing, whether it is rushing, you always got to watch out for him. And even when we had Rodney Hudson, uh, th- those one-on-one matchups would would be pretty even, but Chris Jones would definitely get his own every now and then. So uh, guy's a beast, and then I think reasonably so. He's at number number 1B pretty much because mm-hmm. Aaron Donald is by far the best uh, when it comes to this. Oh, yeah. We saw it in the last drive of the Super Bowl. You know, gets mm-hmm. the pressure. Smacks Burrow around. <laughs> gets the job done. Yeah, Aaron Donald uh, has a chance to be the greatest defensive player of all time. And anytime mm-hmm. when you have that possibility, you're going to be the best at your position. If he doesn't retire early, he should get to 200 sacks. Yeah, and he already eight-time All-Pro, three-time Defensive mm-hmm. Player of the Year. This goes on and on. Uh, so it's crazy. Uh, defensive end now, number seven. Yeah. Who is it for you? I'm going to go with Max Crosby, your guy. Uh, kind of a breakout here for him and he gets to the quarterback man. number seven for me i went with chase young uh pretty good solid guy uh was hurt a little bit the last few years uh but guys a stud when he's healthy all right number six i had to give robert quinn the nod over max crosby just because he had a 20 sack season you know i'm not saying it's going to be easily repeated but as of right now you know it's proved me wrong i went with uh demarcus lawrence uh Number six for me, guy's a beast. I have Robert Quinn as an outside linebacker because that's what he plays more. See, this uh, is where players. it gets a little tricky. For it me. does get a little <laughs> tricky, uh, but we'll we'll all touch each spot uh, as we go along to each week and position, obviously. Uh, okay. But Lawrence is a stud uh, for the Cowboys, and he's reasonably at that spot. Okay. Uh, next up is number six or number five. Number, number five. five, I have Hendrickson. I viewed him as an end. Okay, good. Good. Uh, you know, first year with Cincinnati, uh, another situation here where he is great in the playoffs for a team, uh, rushing the passer, and that, that gives you some points in my book. Mm. Yeah, Hendrickson just missed out on my top seven. Okay. I think he'd probably be number eight. Uh, but number five for me was Jeffrey Simmons. Skeller had him in yeah. his D tackle spot. Uh, he plays more of an edge, in, in my opinion, so I, I put him at number five. But the guy's a beast, super underrated. Uh, and I think he's just the point. Is, if you're if you're in the top ten of any of these lists, most likely you can play anywhere, and you have. Who is uh, number four? Number four, I'm going with Joey Bosa, the older. Uh, I viewed him as as more of an end because uh, he, you know, doesn't have the the swim move. <laughs> I'm just I'm just okay. kidding. Anyways, older Bosa, number four. Uh, I would like to see him stay healthy for an entire year, but. Uh, He's got the pedigree already. 
Number four for me, it's it's a guy like Fletcher Cox. He's been around mm. for a long time. Cam Jordan, uh, still super super good for the Saints, and so I put him at number four. Next up, uh, number three. Number three, I'm going with Cam Jordan. He's been an absolute menace over the past well his entire career, and mm-hmm. uh, you know the combination of strength and speed with the these top three guys for me is uh, elite. I went with Nick Bosa at number three. Uh, he's super quick. Super good on the run. He does everything well. Uh, so yeah, number three for for me has got to be Nick Bosa. Next up, number two. Number two for me is Nick Bosa. Number two for me yeah. is the guy who has the most pressures in the league over mm-hmm. the last two years, and that's Max Crosby. Uh, I was kind of disrespected by you putting him at seven because he has the numbers the and he is an absolute stud when it comes to this stuff. Uh, Obviously just got paid. I don't even know if I talked about it in the team report last week because I don't remember the exact date that it happened. Yeah. Uh, but he is very, very good. All pro this past season. Uh, pro Bowl or Pro Bowl MVP, if that means anything to anybody. Uh, but he's a beast. Uh, now on to Miles Garrett. Yeah, Miles Garrett's number one. Uh, had another season where he was looking like the deep boy. And so, of course, TJ Watt uh, just dominated everybody. Mm. So yeah, <laughs> Miles Garrett was my runner-up for most of the season. I feel like in, in the depoy spot, I had TJ for like most of the way, but Miles Garrett's a stud. Uh, ever since he hit Mason Rudolph with a helmet, he's been a pretty, pretty clean guy. I'm not gonna lie. So yeah, who's Garrett given up for Walter Payton Man of the Year? Exactly. <laughs> Crazy how things change. All right, free agency. There's been good signings. There's been bad signings. There's been some underrated ones. There's been some overrated ones. We're going to go over pretty much everything uh, now with the best signing, the worst signing, and the most underrated signing that we've seen in these first two days of free agency. Yeah. Or guess we're not even on the first day of free agency yet, but the free agent tampering period, whatever it is. Uh, so who do you think is the best signing so far? I'm going to go with Hassan Reddick. Three years, $45 million to the Eagles. I feel like this was one of the top guys available. Uh, 24 sacks over the last two years, and this is pretty much a steal for a guy who could have been making $80 million. Uh, the best signing, in my opinion, is linebacker Foye Aluakong going to the Jags. Had 190 tackles last year. I'm pretty sure that led the league, and he got three years and $45 million from the Jags. Sure, it's a little pricey. Jags obviously were not afraid to spend money in the first day or two of free agency, but this guy's a beast. And I think if anybody's worth the money, it's probably him and Scherf uh, as far as what the Jags did. Now onto the right. worst signing. We might talk about some Jags signings here. Yeah. Well. Speaking of the Jags here, I I'm taking Christian Kirk. Uh, we talked about this one a little bit uh, yesterday, but uh, not off the podcast, but we'll talk about it now. Four years, 72. That's $18 million a year. That is the same amount of money Tyreek Hill will be getting paid. Uh, Tim Patrick, who has very similar numbers as him, just got an extension for $10 million a year. I think that's his range. Uh, I I think I know what Kyle's going to do here, and it may be a bigger gap, but I think the gap between Christian Kirk and Tyreek Hill is way too big here. I also went with Christian Kirk. Uh, He got a Chandler Parsons type contract from the Jags. And if you don't know that Chandler Parsons contract (laughs) that I'm talking about, basketball player got signed to the trailblazers for way, way too much money. Uh, But yeah, Christian Kirk, this is an interesting one. Uh, How you're going Zay Jones. 
No, Zay Jones, if, he deserves that money a lot more than Christian Kirk okay. does. Zay Jones is pretty good. Uh, he just didn't didn't get the ball a lot for us, uh, but he did down the stretch uh, of the season, the last four or five games. But Christian Kirk, uh, all the guys that they added, I mean, they probably spent like a hundred mil on this receiving tight end core over those past few days, and yet there's whole group position group rankings probably 30th in the league bottom five i don't think they really got anybody that's worth noting uh, obviously alan robinson wasn't a guy that would have gone back there but obviously i mean maybe chris godwin was in their their view before he got franchise tagged or towards uh, but uh <laughs> i don't yeah, know very, uh, very interesting. An interesting one you know yeah. it, it feels like bulky's trying to save his job uh and it's it's just gonna destroy a hundred jobs uh, instead, you know, uh, because sure they could, they could double their wins next year and improve, mm-hmm. but the second year after the biggest spender, uh, you know, faces reality is always bad. You know, sure. it happened, it happened with the jets multiple times with McCagnan as our GM. We we're still paying for it. Uh, so I, I know all about it. Uh, sorry, Jacksonville, this is going to end poorly. On to underrated. Who is the most underrated signing of free agency so far? I'm going to go with DJ Jones, the D tackle going to the Broncos three years, 30 million. This is a guy I wanted the jets to go after. Um, I think it's great value for probably the better of the run defenders available this, this off season. Uh, not a lot of them. And I I know the league split 50, 50 right now with the, the ground attack and the, and the air attack, but Mm -hmm. you still got to be ready for, uh, for Jonathan Taylor and company. So uh, good work for the Broncos, you know, Josh Jacobs type guy, you know, you're facing him two times a year. That's true. It does seem like the AFC West though is very pass heavy regardless. Cause even Carr had a whole bunch of yards last year. Uh, I actually put two guys for most underrated cause I couldn't really decide on which one. Uh, I had Austin Corbett guard going to the Carolina Panthers for three years, $29 million. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that Corbett is some crazy good guard, uh, but when you get a top seven to 10 position uh, player for less than $10 million a year, he's from Reno. I I think that's pretty valuable. So Panthers did a good job there. And then second one, Russell Gage going to the bucks. Uh, This is an interesting signing because I did not, really understand it at first or see it coming uh but i guess russell gage his years on the falcons he saw hey tom brady's pretty damn good where where did tampa bay get 30 million from i don't know man they just i'm telling you bro the salary cap's fake (laughs) i told you this a couple days ago the salary cap is literally fake it's not a real thing you just restructure contracts next thing you know more money infinite money glitch that's that's all it is all right, one more note before we get to halftime. It's going to be Carson Wentz. I believe he got traded on Wednesday, uh, so just the day after our last show. Mm-hmm. So how much does Carson Wentz help the commanders? You know, I like Carson Wentz a lot. I think he is an upgrade, but uh, they have bigger problems on their team. The defense was awful last year, a lot of injuries. The coach is going to retire probably after this year. You know, I think there's a chance that it's he's just an awkward bridge year guy for a younger quarterback. And the thing is, all the quarterbacks in this draft class are they're a bunch of Jordan loves. You know, we have no idea 
what's going to happen. You know, it, it could take them multiple years to get ready. So uh, the NFL needs their wences. You know, if you get get what I'm saying, in case it mm. takes some time. And I think that's all Carson Wentz is here. He's just a placeholder. Yeah, I don't really know uh, what Carson Wentz is going to do for them. I mean, he was good uh, for the Colts. I mean, he looked really bad because he didn't throw for a lot of yards. But he had 27 touchdowns last year, I think it was. So that's a pretty damn year. Pretty damn yeah. good year for the pretty quarterback. Damn year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's not going to be anything great. He's not going to be an MVP, but I don't think the commanders were – really trading for that. They were just trading for like together. So kind of like a placeholder uh, until they can go ahead and get their franchise guy. And uh, even this year they can compete for a playoff spot. I think that's realistic within uh, their team, especially outside of, of the quarterback spot, a team that's actually pretty similar to the, to the Colts, except for not having uh, an all pro at the running back position, mm-hmm. but they have stars on offense and stars on defense. Let's go ahead and get to halftime now. And the yeah. first thing that we're going to do is the worst thing that we saw this week. All right. You want me to get this started? Sure, man. Go ahead. All right. The worst thing I saw this week, the Tennessee Volunteers basketball team. They got the three seed in the South. They're coming off a six-game winning streak after beating Kentucky twice. Uh, and sorry, I'm forgetting the other team in the SEC who was in the championship, Arkansas, Arkansas. There it was. Uh, so they get the three seed after playing like a one They're in the second hardest side of the bracket, in my opinion, the South, where they would have to beat Arizona, Houston, Illinois, or Villanova to get into the sweet 16. Um, so that's tough. That's the worst thing I saw. Uh, I think there's a few things that go into my worst thing that I saw. Uh, one of them being how Russell Westbrook plays basketball. I think he is a very interesting person uh, in the way that uh, – let me just go through the sequence that he had against the, the Suns on Sunday in their loss 140-101 to 101 to the reigning Western Conference champs. Russell yeah. Westbrook took a three completely short, hit front rim, uh, bounced into Suns players' hands, goes down the court, misses their shot. Russell Westbrook gets the ball back, runs back down the court, and air balls. So within two possessions, he has two terrible misses. Uh, so that's one. Other one is on what Kevin Durant did to Evan Fournier on Sunday. Kevin Durant makes a shot over Evan Fournier. He's got like 50 in the game, whatever it is. He's going ham. Looks at him. He says... You're tiny in Spanish, and I don't, I don't even know how to describe this, but does this, like pinches his, his fingers, uh, but he says it in French to Evan Fournier. That's like the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. So it's pretty cool on KD's part, but if I'm Evan Fournier, that's got to be the worst thing that I saw this past week. <laughs> that's a good one. Next up, Tom Brady's back. Uh, that's not the worst thing I saw. It might be one of the worst things that Skyler saw, but yeah. – well, at least he's not in the division that. anymore. That's true. Uh, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say besides this. But uh, I feel like everyone kind of kept it in the back of their minds that this was a possibility. We just didn't want to believe it. Yeah, just a bit, pretty much. But he comes out of retirement. Tom Brady's back playing for the Bucks, and the QB controversy in Tampa is no longer there. Yeah, sorry, Kyle Trask. 
Next up, uh, the MLB agrees to the new CBA. Obviously, the lockout is done. Just a few things with that 12-team postseason. I'm still not too sure how that's going to work. Uh, no ghost runners and extra innings, which is awesome. Nine-inning doubleheaders, so no longer those seven-inning doubleheaders, uh, which is nice. Universal DH, so NL teams are scrambling for DHs. We already saw one with Nelson Cruz going to the Nationals. We'll talk more about that here in a minute. Uh, any other things? I mean, obviously, there's uh, over some money things, but that yeah, the pitch easy. clock is going to be is going to be shortened now. They're trying to get the games going. Which again, I we talked about this before. I'm not opposed. I like to to run quickly when I was pitching in games. Obviously, not the major league level. But uh, if Mark Burley could do it, I'm sure everybody can. It's true. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, MLB being out of their lockout means that they have trades and signings again. So I have everything that happened here over the last few days. I'll just go over some of the things that we saw. First off, uh, Drew Verhagen was the first post-lockout <laughs> move. I, that's the only reason why I talk about Drew Verhagen. Yeah. Uh, he joins the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't really even know the deal with that but minor league i'm sure there we go uh andrelton simmons and the cubs reach a deal to a one year four million dollar contract carlos rodon big time lefty goes to the giants uh says he will not wear number 55 i think it was whatever number tim let's come wear uh, or, that's cool uh he says that he will not wear that because we all know who who wears that number that's a pretty cool there Clayton Kershaw returns to the Dodgers on a one-year deal. Pretty good job there. Rangers send Isaiah kind of for left foot to the twins uh, for catcher Mitch Garver. We'll talk more about Isaiah kind of for left foot here yeah. in a few minutes. Uh, Blue Jays land UC Kikuchi. Pretty good pitcher. Uh, we saw him a lot over the past few years with Seattle. Uh, a lot of strikeouts and a pretty good job there. The White Dilly Sox is added- not complaining that he's gone, though. Billy? Billy. Oh, oh, I'm like, why would Philly care? Uh, the White Sox added Josh Harrison and Joe Kelly. So a couple decent signings there. The Mets acquire all-star pitcher Chris Bassett in a deal with the A's. Already talked about that a little bit. Uh, we got Sonny Gray going to the Twins for Chase Petty. Big-time prospect there, a lot of big arm. So from New Jersey. Good move for both teams there. Josh Donaldson going to the Yankees in a blockbuster trade with the Twins. This is according to ESPN for all this stuff. So if they say something wrong, I'm saying something wrong. Uh, but Isaiah Kanafalefa, Ben Horville, and Josh Donaldson all went to the Yankees in that trade. For Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela, I think the Twins did pretty good there uh, for the guys that they gave up. Uh, not having to give up too, too much, I don't think. Nelson Cruz signed a one-year deal with the Nationals. Again, DH in the NL is going to look weird, but he's there. Andrew McCutcheon going to Milwaukee. That's a pretty big deal there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the actual details to that contract, but he's going to be there for a few I years, I believe. Just came out recently, but I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, Matt Olson going to the Braves, obviously. And then Matt Olson signing an eight-year, $168 million extension good through the him, 2029 man. season. So that was probably another thing that I saw that was pretty good uh, the past few days. The Mariners get a few guys, Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez for Justin Dunn and Jake Fraley, as well as another uh, minor leaguer. Big get for the Mariners. Jesse Winker's a stud. Eugenio Suarez did not have a good year last year. 
but he's a guy that can bounce back, obviously. Yeah, some of those Mariners pitchers just, you know, weren't ready to step up this year. So I understand it, getting the bats. Mm-hmm. And from there, there's not much left. Uh, not actually, not a lot of stuff today. Uh, Yuri's familiar going to the Phillies, I guess, was one. Uh, but still waiting for Freeman. Yeah, still waiting on Freeman, still waiting on Story, still waiting on Correa, still waiting on Chris Bryant. There's a whole bunch of guys that still haven't signed yet. That will happen within the next week, I would assume, because then we'll, I mean, opening days in three weeks pretty much at this point, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be exciting. MLB. Yeah. That <laughs> Even though we're going to MLB... suck. Sorry. Exactly. No, you're all good. All good. <laughs> On to the NFL. Uh, again, I have everything in front of me if you want me to go over that or if you want I have to go. Too. Awesome. I'll let you do it then. All right. All right. We'll talk about some of the stuff we hadn't talked about yet. Start off with possibly the biggest one so far. J.C. Jackson, the Patriots corner. Five years, $82.5 million to the Chargers. I got that one right. Uh, Kyle doesn't care, though. He's not happy about it. So big one for uh, for San Diego. Sorry, sorry, sorry. L.A. I, <laughs> I, they're still San Jesus. Diego. I don't okay. care, dude. I predicted they'd buy their defense. That's what they're doing. So I'm down for it. Uh, Randy Gregory, five years, seventy million. The defensive end from Dallas is going to the Broncos. Uh, changed his mind at the last second, going to Denver with Russell Wilson. Uh, don't like that very much. Uh, he jumps off sides way too much for me to be paid $70 million. Uh, another guy getting paid 70 million over five is the safety Marcus Williams from the saints. Most known for falling down in the playoffs. against Stephon Diggs in Minnesota, but he's going to Baltimore for 70 million. Uh, Brandon Scherf. We talked about it a little bit, three years, 50 million. I personally wouldn't have done that and would have been a little upset if the jets gave that to him. Uh, just because he's been hurt every single year of his career. Uh, Larry Okunjobi, D-tackle from Cincinnati, is going to the Bears. Three years, $40.5 million. That's their big move. And we'll talk about Justin Reed, too. Houston safety, going to Kansas City for three years, $30 million. Um, great guy. We knew Houston was going to be unloading here. And, uh, and good for Kansas City, replacing... Again, sorry, Kyle, I don't mean to do this on purpose, but, you know, as a fan of everybody, good for, for Kansas City for getting their new safety. And uh, we'll throw in one more. How about Mitchell Trubisky, two years, $14 million to Pittsburgh. Looks like he's going to be their bridge this year. Spent some time with Dable. Maybe you got to shed together. We'll see. Not a bad signing, actually. I think that's that would also suffice as my underrated signing. Mm-hmm. I think that that would not be a bad one. Yeah, uh, and that's that's all I have for NFL. Anyone you want to shout out? I ain't got nothing. All right. Well, let's move on to March Madness here. Uh, as we speak right now, the first four, first four games are planned. Uh, the 16s and the 11s, uh, and a 12. Yeah, I'm sorry, but we're not we're not focused on that. How about you want to do a, a, an elite eight? Prediction? I'm fine with the Elite Eight. We'll say Elite Eight teams and then say our winner total. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. I just made a new one uh, just right before the show. I tried to do a, okay, you know, no BS. What's going to be the most realistic? Mm-hmm. You, how about you go first? All right. In the West, uh, Gonzaga and Duke. Gonzaga goes to the Final Four there. 
Uh, UCLA, Purdue in the East. I have Purdue advancing there. Uh, they have one of the best players in the country. Yeah. Super fun to watch. Uh, South, Arizona versus Villanova. Uh, I have Arizona winning that one. And then Kansas and Auburn. Uh, so a lot of one and two seeds. Uh, yeah. I have Auburn winning that game. And my championship game ends up being Gonzaga versus Auburn. Both Gonzaga winning it. All right. Uh, in the West, I have Gonzaga beating Texas Tech. In the East, I have UCLA beating Kentucky. In the South, I have Arizona beating Tennessee. And in the Midwest, I have Auburn beating Iowa. Um, this one, I'm going to have Gonzaga beating Arizona. Gonzaga plays the best defense. They have one of the only guys over seven foots. Guards are afraid to drive in the basket because Chad Holgren will end up with five blocks. I really want to see the Wildcats win this one, but I have Gonzaga over Arizona, 78-71. Yeah. I mean, March Madness is definitely a fun spot of the year. So we oh, get yeah. that craziness on Thursday and Friday because I know the NBA only has one game on Thursday, and it's the Pistons versus the Magic. So we won't be watching that. Yeah. That's going to be tough. Let's get to uh, – Yeah, that's all we have for halftime. Yeah, let's get to where's your head at in the second half. Uh, all baseball here. Feels good to be back talking mm-hmm. about baseball. First thing that we're going to talk about – is Matt Olson replacing Freddie Freeman. Uh, a lot of Braves fans weren't too stoked with this move uh, right at the beginning because they, first off, I don't think they realized who Matt Olson is. Yeah. Uh, and second off, they obviously wanted Freddie Freeman. Training for Matt Olson doesn't mean that, or pretty much means that they're not going to get Freddie back. But how well does Matt Olson replace Freddie Freeman? I think Matt Olson should fill in perfectly. Uh, I, I would say he's the third best first baseman right now, you know, uh, behind Freeman and, uh, and Vladdy Jr., probably pretty closely. You know, he dropped his K numbers and his whiff numbers in half this season. Uh, I think the only knock was that all the Braves fans thought he would leave right away, but now he's extended. Uh, so I think there should be no problem at all. The hometown hero. Uh, it's sad to see him go, but glad to see him get paid. Exactly. Uh, for Olsen, I think Olsen is the best possible replacement for a guy like Freddie Freeman. He's a mm. super likable guy. It's fun to watch, and he is amazing. He's so good. And I, I don't think a lot of the MLB world has realized that yet because he was playing in Oakland uh, with crowds of 10,000 people, whatever you can make fun of that or, or not. Mm. But he now has a platform. He got his money, uh, a foreign feeling to see an A's player, even though he's not an A's player anymore, actually get paid. So shout out to him there. Uh, and he is going to play just fine. And the Braves fans, I guarantee you, will be loving him when he wins his first MVP. Wow. He's a guy that can do it. He's a guy that can. Uh, I mean, he had, he had 40 homers in a terrible park. So I, I think so, too. If he hits 45 home runs and plays a defense that, that he has, as long as nobody's having a Shohei Otani season, I think mm-hmm. he, he gets that MVP in the NL. All right. Which I don't think anybody's going to have that Shohei Otani season in the NL because there's mm-hmm. no Shohei Otani in the NL. Uh, to the Mets now, they traded for Chris Bassett. Their rotation is outrageous. Do they, do they have the best rotation in the bigs now? 
I like the Brewers, the Dodgers, and the Blue Jays a lot, but no one's as deep as the Mets. You know, Chris Bassett is an awesome pitcher, and to be your number three, it's just outrageous. Again, outrageous is uh, is a big word here with the Mets this year. And I think if everyone stays healthy, it's the clear number one. That's just the issue with the Mets historically is they can't do that. So we'll see. Yeah. It's in between the Brewers and the Mets for me on this. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, that is a menacing mm-hmm. trio. It really, really is. But Scherzer, DeGrom, and Bassett, I think is more menacing. Because even if Bassett isn't as good as a Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, or Cor- Corbin Burns, which I think he's just on the tier below that, mm-hmm. Scherzer and DeGrom are on the tier above Corbin Burns Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, maybe not Corbin Burns. I think Corbin Burns uh, really gets there as well. But those two guys are insanely good. And can you imagine if we get, I don't know how, if it's going to be NLDS, NL wildcard series, whatever it is. uh, If we get a playoff series with those two teams healthy, uh, one nothing, two nothing, one nothing. (laughs) Yeah. One, yeah, I mean, this can be crazy pitching. I'd feel so bad for hitters in those games. And I feel bad for fans because you're probably paying a whole bunch of money for tickets for a game that's going to last two hours long. Uh, but, yeah, I would I, love I'm it. going with the Mets. Uh, Mets have the best rotation. Uh, last thing that we talk about before we go ahead and get on get on out of here is going to be Fernando Tatis. He fractured his wrist, m- motorcycle, motorcycling, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Uh, he, uh, I don't even, was it here? Is it in the DR? Whatever it was. Uh, when asked about his motorcycle accident, I guess he said, which one, uh, which I think is pretty funny. Bob Melvin, manager of the Padres, crying face, uh, said there will be no more motorcycling for Fernando Tatis. And I'm surprised that wasn't written into his contract. AJ Preller, whoever was writing that contract, you have to you have mm. to take note of that stuff. He's a 22 year old kid. He's gonna do some crazy things like that, and you have to make sure that he does not, or else he would lose some money. Hey, that's that why you bring that's why you bring Bo Mel in, though. The only issue is they weren't allowed to have contact with each other at the time. You know? Exactly. Uh, but how much does this Tatis injury affect those title odds for? Padres who are really hoping to turn things around from their sour ending last season. It's, it's going to matter a hundred percent of the way, all of it, you know, uh, you already see they're in on, on Freddie Freeman because they're scrambling because they know they can't be in third place. When Tatis comes back, they have to be in at least second place. Uh, the giant starters may run out of gas halfway through the year, but if they can control themselves, they should be pretty dominant. And I, this is, this just, yeah. I mean, the question is, is how does this affect their odds? Yes. It does. All hundred. Every way. (laughs) Please take over. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so the Padres, in order to wipe out this Tatis injury, they need to go ahead and get Freddie Freeman or Chris Bryant, whoever it is. They got to go ahead and get a big, big guy. Like you cannot just go into the season 
without one of the best players in baseball, especially when you have the money to go ahead and sign another guy and you've been reluctant to make moves this off season, which is something foreign for AJ Preller with how aggressive he's been in the last few years with, with this squad. Uh, when it comes to being in the playoffs, you really just got to be better than the giants. I think that's it. That's it to make it into the playoffs, even with Tatis being out. Uh, but regardless, if they don't get a guy, this definitely is going to take a huge toll on the title odds. Uh, even if he's back by July, you're, you're going to be down probably seven or eight games to the Giants at that point in, in the playoff race. And that's a, that's a tough seven or eight games to make up against a consistent squad uh, like the Gigantes. Sorry, Tuckies had me bamboozled there. Yeah, I could, I could hear. I mean, he had you sputtering, dude. I don't even know what to say. Uh, we'll get to our layups, though. We went three for four uh, with our bets all throughout last week. I had the Celtics over the Hornets. That did happen. Uh, Skyler had the Suns over the Lakers on Sunday. That did happen. That was the Russell Westbrook game that I was talking about earlier. Uh, but once we get to this week, I'm going with the Raptors over the Clippers on Wednesday. Raptors... Played a really good game against the Lakers on Monday night. They get to rest a few days in LA. Uh, and now they try to get another win against the Clippers on Sunday or not Sunday, Wednesday. Uh, so I'm going with the Clips. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with both of my picks, March Madness. Okay. We're going to go Virginia Tech plus one against Texas. Uh, Texas is favored in this one, but I I, I don't see it. Uh, Vodtech just won the ACC tournament they beat duke unc and they swept notre dame uh, this team just it's just a better version of texas fair it's probably why they could win or yeah. why you're picking them yes. let's get to uh bold predictions though i had the pistons over the clippers on sunday pistons were up big in that game but ended up choking it so the clippers won there and i got it wrong skyler had the warriors over milwaukee on saturday when skyler made that pick the warriors were not hot they're mm. now hot we're playing good basketball and we did win that game i'm proud of that pick yeah this week though i went with south dakota state university over providence 13 to 4 seed uh and i'm picking the 13 i know it's not some crazy line i think it's like plus four plus three whatever it is uh but I like that upset. All right. I'm going to go with Creighton over San Diego state. I was going to choose a, a bigger one, like a 13, like, like you did Kyle, but so I'm, I don't know. You could call me out if you want, but I just, I don't understand how San Diego state is favored here. Uh, Creighton just destroyed Villanova. They swept Yukon. They beat Providence, uh, beat Marquette three times. Who's also a nine seed. I uh, I just don't see how Creighton, a Big East team, is going to lose in the first round to a, a West Coast team here. Uh, going with the Jays. <laughs> the Jays, man. Uh, I mean, that's going to do it for episode 79. I mean, kind of went a bit quicker, but that's always kind of nice because you don't have to sit around and wait for an hour, 45 minutes to hear what we're talking about finally. Yeah. Uh, but a whole bunch of things can pack over this past hour. It's a really fun one. Uh, you got any party notes? We'll be back with a sweet 16. That's true. Episode 80 next week. Mm-hmm. 80 of them, thanks. That's kind of crazy. Uh, hopefully the Raiders did something in free agency at that point. I assume 
two of the three big A's would be gone. Uh, uh, As far as for the A's go, Montas, Manaya, Chapman, I I think Mm. I'd said two out of three of those guys would be gone. So uh, we'll see where we are at this next point. Uh, And hopefully MLB comes out with their top 100 prospects and their prospect rankings and stuff like that. Cause I do want to see where they have this, this A's farm system at. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. And we'll be back next week. Go Jets. Later.